Hey there, welcome to starting a counseling practice podcast where we bring you stories of therapists from around the country and around the world. And they share the nitty gritty of starting a counseling practice. I am so delighted to have Brittany Birch here today to share her story of private practice, of how to navigate from that full-time job to the part-time job to a full-time, completely full practice to a group practice. She's going to be sharing her journey and her story. I'm so excited you're here, Brittany. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it is an honor and a delight and I'm thrilled. So thank you. Awesome. Do you want to share with people um, your URL, where you're located and like the broad, like the specialty of your practice. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm in Houston, Texas. And right now I'm in my living room where I've been for the last uh, year. And um, so I'm hundred percent virtual until further notice. Um, and um, I started uh, my practice in 2018. It's um, autumncounseling.com, like the the season, um, which I was challenged with what I name it. And I love the, of course, so many people love the season of autumn and my birthday's in November and autumn represents change. And, and I just thought that just seems to fit. And so I'd love people to check out my website. I think it's really beautiful. And I learned how to do a website from you. And, mm -hmm, 100%. <laughs> I had no, I was, everything was so daunting when it all started. Right. And like, how do I even start this? So awesome. Yeah. And what's your specialty? I love couples therapy. That's my mm. go to. I'm in the process of getting certified in emotionally focused therapy, e EFT. Mm -hmm. And so that's my sweet spot. I just love it. Um, but I also do trauma work with EMDR. Um, and I'm an addictions counselor. So I do some addictions work, but I would say my niche that um, uh, it would be couples counseling. Fantastic. Yeah. So tell me in like, two minutes or like one minute or less, this is a hard one, why you initially decided to become a counselor. Oh my goodness. I volunteered in my high school counseling office and cause I would, I was talking to Mrs. Hoshi, my college advisor. And I was like, how do you do that? How do you get to talk to people and help people? And so I volunteered and then I studied, I thought I was going to study psychology which did not suit me well. And I transferred to sociology and then learned about social work. And so I'm an LCSW now um, and went to uh, you know, when I went to college, I, I did all the social, social welfare, um, and volunteered in the peer counseling center and just practiced and then did life experience and went to grad school at, um, Washington university in St. Louis, um, in 2006, no, 2004, graduated in 2006 and then have been doing it in ever counseling since. ever since. Yeah. That's, I, 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 I was, yeah, you did great. I was, <laughs> I was one of those, I, I would say like nerds, psychology nerds. I joined my peer counseling program at my high school. When nice. I was in high school, they had a peer counseling program and we went through trainings and we'd sit down and talk with people. Mm -hmm. Like I was such a nerd that way too. And That's it was awesome. such a, like, that was my first suicide intervention training mm -hmm. I got while I was in high school. Can you imagine like, 
It's awesome. Such a cool thing. It's so I- that's so cool. I, I feel so blessed to have been so young and known like that's what I want to do. And I didn't have, I mean, my mom always said, you're too sensitive. That's not good for you. And my dad was like, you'll never make any money. Yeah. And I, so it took me a while that there was a many years before I took the jump. Um, And it had a lot of of self doubt, but I just kept going. I know I need to, this is my calling. There's not a single thing in the world I'd rather do. There are some days where I think, why didn't I open a florist? I'd like to sell flowers right now, <laughs> but, um, but I'm so, I just feel so honored to be a part of people's, you know, process and life and, and do, and show up and do the work every day. It's not even work. It's, it's I, I love it. I love it. So when did you, so when did you, so 2006 or what have you, whatever yeah. grad school, when did you first start a private practice? When did you first start doing that? So I had, I had a full-time job at a community mental health clinic where I was for 10 years. And then I did a part-time job because I knew I really loved uh, couples counseling, which is a surprise. So I, had, I got a, a part-time hourly gig at a group practice. Um, and then I'd have someone say, I want, I want to refer a client to you. And so I would just pay um, an hourly to a colleague who had a practice. And I saw like maybe two or three individual clients. And so I was driving three different places, you know, and the private practice started to grow. Um, But I was hustling for a good while. Um, And what, what year did you start doing the private practice? Do you recall? Um, it was probably, um, 2014, 2013. Okay. Was when I probably had two or three private practices. Okay. I mean, private clients, private clients at that other place, two or three, you know, just small. Yeah. How long, like, I know we met in 2018, right? What were things? So 2013, you started doing a little back and forth, three different places, a couple of people on the side. Right. What were, what did your practice look like in 2018 when we met? So it was um, big enough. I probably still like maybe five clients, but I was, um, I was wanting to, to focus more. I had an opportunity to, I applied to be a clinical director at the community mental health clinic. And then I was just like, I don't, this is just not the direction I want to go in. I've had a pretty, almost a lifelong dream of being in private practice and doing my own thing. And, and I was like, is this the time to do it? So I met with two of my beloved colleagues, Anne and Ty, and they, um, I remember meeting outside and they were both in private practice. And I was like, how do I do it? Like, you can do it. You can do it. We know you can do it. And they just like totally. And at that time I had started the, you know, boot camp and was getting it laid out. And, um, and then I think I put in, so this was 2018 early. I put in my notice that I was going to resign my full-time job and go part-time. And so I, I started building more clients. I'm about to cough. Um, I, I want to like ask a question about that. Yeah, yeah. So like 
in March of 2018, very small practice, you make the decision between the clinical director role or like, I want to do private practice. You decide I'm going to do private practice. Like yeah. I'm scared. I'm terrified. Yeah. Um, like you told me, like, I didn't know what to do or how to do any of the things Mm-mm. at all, but you were like, this is what I'm supposed to do. You had some good support people. Yeah. You started enrolling in something, you enrolled in boot camp, so you could kind of learn the, the details, yeah. but what was like the turning point where you felt confident to move from full-time to part-time in your, in your full-time job? Yeah. And like, why, why did you feel that confidence? What was the impetus of like, it's time to give up the full-time? Right. I think that I had been able, to, I had learned how to build and had built my website. I had printed some business cards. I had my logo. I had, um, I had the vision and I had the niche. Once I went into like couples therapy is my jam. That's what I want to do. And I had the elevator pitch, like all of those pieces. And so I, I, and I had also gotten involved with the Houston group psychotherapy, um, society. And so I was meeting more people. I was able to promote kind of what I was um, doing. So all of those things kind of came together. And I think I felt like there was ground to stand on. And I had my support team that was like, jump, jump, you can do it. And like, you're going to have so much more flexibility, you're going to have so much time, you know, not that I have more free time per se, but the time is more my own. I'm, I'm, and, and I had people that were doing it. And so it was kind of that, you know, jump and hope the wind catches and it did. What was your, what was your biggest fear when you made that change? Like, what was like the number one thing that you told yourself of like, this is oh, like, this is the what if, like I've, I've worked with people with counselors are like, I'm going to be living in a bridge in a box or whatever. Like what was the thing that like popped and kept running through your mind about what was going to happen when you made this change? Um, That my dad had told me back in college that therapists were a dime a dozen and that I'd never have enough clients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I knew I've worked since I was 14. So I knew I could get a job and that I would, you know, I wouldn't be in a box, you know, um, but um, just that, that I couldn't, I couldn't find my, um, that it just wouldn't work, that people wouldn't come to me, that there were too many therapists. And then I realized I'm in the fourth largest city in the country. There are a lot of people here and there are a lot of people that are struggling and suffering and, and are in marriages or relationships or even friendships. Um, I'd love to move into, you know, doing, doing more, you know, couples counseling for friendships, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and I also listened to a podcast about like, I don't have to see thousands of people. I need to see maybe 30 people to have a full Mm -hmm. caseload, you know, that, you know, or a little bit more than that for the every other once a month clients. But, um, and um, just, I had people that are like, it ebbs and flows, but just have, 
have trust, have trust that it will work. And I had seen colleagues that I really trusted and see, you know, and they have very different um, approaches or not approaches per se, but niches. They have, they have different populations and they were doing it. And so it was like, and, and, and um, so it was just kind of holding my breath and hoping and it, it caught and, wow. and it took a while until I went full-time. I mean, I had the safety net of, I have my part-time job mm-hmm. that just keeping the, you know, the basics coming in. Um, and so and the biggest thing that I couldn't figure out when I first met you was how do I go from three jobs to one job working for myself? I couldn't fathom it. I really mm-hmm. couldn't. And mm-hmm. it just took time to just, you know, and I'm a very um, financially conservative person. Like, mm-hmm. too. <laughs> like I need to know that I've got money in the bank and I've got a foundation and I'm not a high risk taker. So it took me, I mean, I probably could have done it faster, but I'm sort of risk adverse when it comes to my own income. <laughs> so, um, so I was cautious, but it just, you know, it just, I talked to three, like it just continues to build. And last month I had the biggest month yet in, in the three years. That's awesome. I think that piece of like that, I just want to say like, number one, kudos on you, like the inner strength it takes when you've got these old messages playing from family parents family members, especially Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. say like, no, this is like, yeah, that's your belief system. But like, this is my profession. And I, I know like, this is, this is what reality is. So like kudos on you to like move past that even within the fear. Mm -hmm. And then this second piece of knowing yourself well enough to go at a pace that felt really good for you. Mm -hmm. Right. Not being in a place of like, well, you know, if I'm not full in six months, like, no, I want to go at this pace so I can feel comfortable. This is what feels good. I know I could have done it another way, but this is the way that it felt really good for me and my body and my financial security, like that that's okay. Yeah. Right. That, that you don't have to be an overnight success to be a success. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, and I knew this was, this was my, what I'm doing the rest of my life. As long as my mind works, I will do this. I love what I do and I'm not in a rush, right? There's no, I'm not rushing anywhere. So I was just like, you know, take my time. And there were, it was kind of a, you know, stepping stones, a scaling to get there. And, and when did when did you know it was time to actually like get rid of the full, t- the, the part-time job that had once been a full-time job, all of that? What was the like turning point when you knew and when did you actually do that? I did it um, December 17th of 2019 was my last day at the job I had been at it for 10 years. And that was like, like starting Monday, I am... Um, I'm doing this. And it, it was scary. And I had my heart, you know, was racing. And, um, but I had by that time built enough momentum. And, um, and I, and I still had my other part time job. So I yeah, like my transition was slow. I, I 
let go of one ring at a time. But, and I did that for another four months. And then it was probably April of 2020. So COVID had just come on the scene. And at first I was like, you know, the stock market's gonna crash. No one's gonna do therapy. No one's gonna do, you know, no one's gonna have the income to, you know, do this stuff. And it has just, I mean, talk about a time for mental health providers to, to be here. And it's grown month after month. It's just grown and grown. So, um, so a hundred percent full-time, probably April, um, 2020. Wow. And when you talk, what does full-time mean for you? Cause everybody's kind of different about yeah. what a full-time caseload is about how many clinical sessions do you do per week? Um, a good week is 23 to 26. Mm-hmm. I did 34 last week. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, I was like, why am I so tired? Like, yeah. Here's why you're tired. Um, as you, I'm sure heard Texas had the deep freeze. Yeah. And so we, I was out of power and water for, for only three days, which was, and I had very minimal negative impact and, and thankfully got through that really mm-hmm. and would really, um, not without too much additional damage. Um, but you know, power was out, couldn't see clients. And so the, how we, most of that week was, had to be rescheduled. They got rescheduled to last week, which was just why the last week was so off the rails. Um, and, um, and this week is a little more settled down, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. around 26 to, to 28 is yeah. probably my, is the, is the spot. norm. That's a sweet spot for yeah. you. <laughs> and I'm about, I'm about half and half couples and individuals. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's just sort of how it works out. Yeah. So. And then I don't think we talked yet. Like, do you do insurance or private pay or hybrid? I'm hundred percent private pay. Mm. Yeah, I talked to a lot of people and a few of my colleagues started out with the insurance then I kept seeing a lot of people like how do I get off insurance panels? How do I and I just thought I'm just gonna see how it goes. And I've, you know, and at first, like, I would hold my breath when I tell people my fee and like, they're never going to pay I'm like, okay, that's that works. I've had, of course, I've lost, you know, some, some potential clients, you know, um, but it's worked to do. And I remember you talking about like 100% private pay. I was just like, how on earth will that work? But Mm -hmm. I got some good advice and support. Yeah, I think it's so powerful too that like, like, even if you were doing 34 clients, there's no way you could go and do the insurance billing and do the following up and all that stuff. Like not even 26 to 28 clients. If you're trying to manage insurance Mm -hmm. plans and all of that, Mm -hmm. like there wouldn't be time. So even I think that's the piece is like, there's like anytime you make an adjustment and make a change, it shifts your whole business. Mm -hmm. And so you need to leave time and space. And like, you're like, you're like me, right? Love working with people. I do not want to sit and do paperwork all day. Like exactly. that's not, I do not want to sit on hold. No. That is like the bane of my existence. Like <laughs> I am not interested in that all, all at all. Right? Right. 
Exactly. Um, okay. Wow. So what would be for somebody else who's like sitting where you're at, who maybe is like that conservative therapist who's got a couple different jobs that practice on the side that they can't ever quite imagine getting to full time. What would be your biggest piece of advice to that person? I think like it was a huge help um, when I was able to just build some private practice. Like I, I would just pay by the session to a colleague who had an extra room. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have to, um, to commit to like one full day a week, or I was able to just pay as I went. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was a huge blessing. So, and I know that I have been fortunate enough to have that um, offered to me. And so just looking around to see if there's someone that can do that, because, you know, we sometimes have empty space, right? That's, that's exactly how I started with office space was that if I didn't use it, I didn't have to pay for it kind of experience, but it helped as somebody who is more conservative um, (laughs) financially, like the idea when someone's like, Oh my gosh, I got my first office lease and I'm starting from scratch. And I literally am like, Oh my God, that's like $5,000. Like it just always like makes my anxiety come up because of of just who I am. Right. Me too. Exactly. And so that, that was, that took off a lot. And um, I, you know, so I was actually, I went to visit a former intern who had her private practice and I just wanted to go see her and congratulate her. And she had two offices. One was a group room and one was her office and she said, you know, if you want to share office space, you can use, you know, like we converted the group room to my office. And she's like, I'll, you can just pay by the session until you get to the cost of the lease. Mm-hmm. And once you get on the cost of the lease, then you will just split the lease. And I'm like, okay. And in like December of 2019, I was just, I was like, just about at half the lease where I would have signed the lease. Mm -hmm. And then I went 100%. um, I think that must have been January or February, actually, because in March, um, I went 100% virtual. um, And now we're actually yeah, virtual. um, And she did too. So the office is sat empty. And she's decided not to renew the lease. So I'll be working 100% remote for now and then looking at once we kind of get, you know, start transitioning back, I may do one or two days a week um, with, you know, someone's office, but I haven't gotten there yet. Here's the real question that we all want to ask, and it may be too personal, so feel free to like pass it. What does your dad think about your business now? Oh, well... I think he'd be very proud of me. My dad passed in 98. Mm. Um, but I think he'd be, he'd be really, really proud of me. And, mm. um, and I feel really, really, yeah, I feel really good. My mom also was doubtful because I was too sensitive and she, she wanted yeah. me to write a cookbook because <laughs> 
because you're a great cook? Uh, I do love to cook, but I have no interest <laughs> in writing a cookbook. But my mom wanted to write a cookbook. So interesting. Well, that's a therapy session for another day. Um, <laughs> and um, and my, my uncle came to visit me when I had the, the office and the private practice was going. And he just looked at me, he goes, your, your mom would just mm. be so, so proud of you. So that meant the world to me. And um, yeah, so I feel like I've done right by myself. I think they'd be, my mom was also a business owner and um, she would just be over the moon with, yeah. So I do wish that I could talk to her about the, the logistics and the business stuff yeah. and the business planning and all of the nuts mm -hmm. and bolts of it. But mm -hmm. oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Well, if you know of a couple that is um, in Houston, Texas, or if you just want to go and check out um, Brittany's amazing DIY website that she learned how to build using the yeah. bootcamp videos. Yeah. Check out autumncounseling.com. Yeah. Um, it's very exciting there. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. My and, delight. Um, remember guys that are listening, zinnyme.com forward slash free. We've got over 10 hours of free training. Depending on when you're listening to this, we're actually doing a free marketing masterclass where you can get three CEs, um, APA and NBCC. So if you want to come and join us for that, and we are going to be opening up um, our business school bootcamp for therapists that it has sold out many, many, many times over. We're going to be bringing in a new cohort of students. So if you want some step-by-step -step about how to grow, expand, revamp, um, or even move into launching from scratch, we can help with that. Um, I don't think we mentioned this, that Brittany now is expanding into group practice and now she gets to use the bootcamp materials to help her with that as well. And she's already hired her first employee. Yeah. Really exciting. So anywho, if you want to come and be part of our community, do that. But um, yeah, go check it out. Thank you so much for being here, Brittany. I My so pleasure. appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you.